What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 204 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow, and share the link with your friends, or click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount could change a life. If you'd like to get our curriculum, you can get the paperback or ebook of From Ashes to Destiny on Amazon. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled, Go Upstream. Welcome back to episode 204 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled, Go Upstream. I want to give a big welcome to my friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia for their participation in this group. As before, I'll be keeping them anonymous but I'll be saying their answers as if we're having a live group meeting. So guys, we're going to start with a quote by Desmond Tutu. And it says, There comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. So I want to ask you guys, how do you find out why guys in recovery keep falling in the river of addiction no matter how often they've been rescued? Ben, you want to start us out? Sure, David. I've recently crossed this particular bridge with someone I've been walking with through their recovery journey for years. Of course, if not for the grace of God, it would be me willingly jumping back into the river of addiction. So I'm grateful for the tenacity God has given me to stay the course by the power of his spirit. Nonetheless, I've had to learn to stop throwing a rope to people who willingly jump back into the river of addiction. This individual has been helped by a myriad of people, myself included. I found out that a large handful of folks have tried to help this person by having conversations with them, and they let me know how frustrated they are that this person just does not seem to be listening to their advice or applying it at all. The stuff hit the fan, so to speak, when I got a Facebook inbox from his wife who said she just can't live with him anymore because he came home, kicked the door in, and verbally assaulted her and their children. She called the police, and an entire string of other events occurred, barring him from returning to their home. She's now filing for divorce. When I gently confronted him about it in our next conversation about his recovery, he played it down very lightly, and actually threw the blame on her. He had no idea I knew the truth of the situation from his wife. It was doubly confirmed by his parents, who were his biggest enablers, and now they have cut him off completely, which is my opinion of what was exactly what he needed. That said, long story short, I let him know that if I don't see him at least attempting to swim to the edge, he won't be getting another rope of rescue from me. I think some people want to drown and not live. Unfortunately, I think this guy is one of those people. I think sometimes we get in God's way and he's trying to use the river as the potential of drowning as a way of getting people to change. But we just keep throwing ropes to pull them out. I think I'm getting out of God's way on this one. So true, Ben. There's a huge aspect of enabling if we keep saving someone before they experience their wake-up call. Charlie, 
What do you think about this one? From my experience, David, what I see happening is that there is a failure among us people to make connections, connecting in a way that we stay connected. The hurting people seem to too hurt to reach out and the healed person or clergyman or social service people or families, whatever, they often seem too busy or too distracted by worldly things and practices to come alongside and stay connected to the person. I see it as laying down to the next man or woman when they are in the ditch, connecting in a way to get them up out of the ditch and not leaving them but staying with them as they wander the earth. And when they start to approach the river, we'll be there. Steer them away from the river. If you can't succeed there, don't give up. Stand by with a life preserver and fish them out before they get too far. And if that doesn't work, trek down the riverside with them, letting them know that no matter what happens, they aren't alone and you hear and feel their pain. When the other person waiting down river happens to catch them, well, now there's people to help. We then together can teach the nearly drowned man that it doesn't have to be that hard. We can teach them we are here for each other and others really do care whether you're in a ditch, in a high place, or swept away by overwhelming current of addiction and mental illness. And as a loving care fellowship, we can show you how to remain connected, that you aren't getting anywhere close to that riverside, but enjoying life together. Thanks, Charlie. I really like how you jumped onto that image of, of the river. And I appreciate your explanation of that aspect of true connectedness, you know, getting in the ditch so that guys who keep jumping in the river know that we're in this together. Eddie, what do you think? David, my understanding of overcoming addiction is different from many because, as you know, I was prayed for and allowed Christ into my life as my support and strength as I knew I couldn't do it on my own. Maybe I'm wrong, but I've noticed that when people rely on their own strength or the strength of others and not allow Christ into their situation, they actually fall right back into the river and even more so the deeper end of the river. So my belief is that we need to make sure that those in addiction understand that they need healing, not from addiction, but healing of the heart, because that's where it all starts. And only Christ can do that, in my opinion, period. Good word, Eddie. So key for people to lean into that connection with their higher power, to find the strength to stay away from that river because they found healing. Dante, what do you think? David, I often find these guys are isolationists and also a little overconfident in themselves and their abilities. I find out by developing relationships with them and giving the ability to then lovingly call them out and call them into fellowship with myself and other friends. We often get washed downstream when we don't have others we can hang on to. Thanks, Dante. We definitely have a theme of staying connected going here, developing relationships, finding true re fellowship in the midst of those relationships, 
and knowing that we do need others to hang on to. Harry, what do you think? David, I normally try to chat to the guys and find out the triggers and root causes. Most of the time, they hide a lot of things as they are embarrassed to talk about it or afraid that people will be hurt if they speak out. But not dealing with root causes will always push addicts back to relapse. There's a guy who I'm chatting with who doesn't want to address the issue of his mom having an affair and that she wants to leave his dad. This youngster is 26 years old and is trying to keep his family together. But the emotional heartache that he keeps going through keeps getting him to relapse. His mom has forced him not to tell anyone about her secret affair. Otherwise, she will leave his dad. It's a sad state to be. And as an addict, the root causes don't get dealt with. And that keeps you in bondage. True that, Harry. Sometimes we're burdened by the secrets of others and find ourselves relapsing and running to that river due to the guilt of not being honest to friends or family. Freddie, would you like to close this out today? Sure, David. For me, going upstream at the top for those who just can't seem to get it together after many rescues reminds me of my suffering and the depth of spiritual, emotional, and physical despair, loneliness, and impending doom that I dealt with. The million-dollar question, why do some people make it and others do not, and they keep jumping in the river and relapsing? I guess for me, I'd say the essence of AA is that the only true solution is a spiritual connection. There's a sign in our club that states, God brought me to AA, and AA brought me to God. This sums up how the miracle of almost nine years of sobriety was given to me. However, it did take work on my part. Why do so many people relapse after being rescued so many times? Unfortunately, we don't all get it the first time. I have not met anybody who thoroughly went through the steps, though, and establish the deep sense of spirituality and generously shares it with others that is not now living a happy life. I've heard that those coming into AA do what we call the one, two, three shuffle. And that is going through the first three steps sort of half-heartedly and stop there. And these are the ones who often relapse. So true, Freddie. We have to be ready to dig deep and do the work. Otherwise, when we try to coast through a program, we become the guys who keep jumping in the river and floating downstream. Thanks so much, guys, for all of your input. I think we got some keys for everybody to think about if they are the ones who keep jumping in the river or just sort of keep floating down the stream, dipping and dabbing, that answers lie in connectedness and spiritual development and true relationship and fellowship. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you were sitting there thinking, I'm that guy who keeps jumping in the river, or you know one of your loved ones or friends that keep doing that, then now's the time 
for you or them to reach out, join a group, and really go for that connectedness. Message me in the link in this podcast or email at davidfromatd at gmail.com or go to my website, www.fromatd.org and click on the contact page if you need help finding that connectedness. Tune in Monday for our next episode. And as always, stay safe and stay resilient.